0: Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barkers UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. In this episode, we continue our series on investing and innovation and discuss opportunities in the healthcare sector with Nikki Eggers, Head of Investments, Alan Budenberg, Investment Consultant, and Omar Mufti, Product Specialist at BlackRock. To find out about starting your investing journey with Barclays, visit barclays.co.uk forward slash investments. Hello, welcome to this week's Word on the Street. And we're going to discuss innovation as part of our innovation theme. Today, we're going to focus on innovation in healthcare. So on the call today, we have Alan, who is part of our investment team, and he speaks regularly with clients. So he's going to share a little bit about what Uh, He's talking to clients about in this space and what he's hearing um, from them. And I'm also delighted to be joined by Omar Mufti. He's a product specialist with BlackRock. And you may know BlackRock is one of the world's preeminent asset management companies. Some of their active funds and their passive exchange traded funds feature in our recommended lists and our portfolios. And one of the areas that Omar is responsible for is the healthcare innovation theme. So I'm um, really pleased to welcome you, Omar. Thanks so much for joining Alan and me. How are you?
1: Very well, thank you. Hi Nikki. Hi Alan. Great to great to be here.
0: Great stuff. Alan, how are you doing?
2: Yeah, no, well well, Nikki, thank you very much.
0: Good stuff. Hope, hope you're getting some sunshine, because where I am, still still no sign of summer. <laughs> So no,
2: no, let's. Not let's,
0: here either, Nick. Sorry. No, I think I think we've we've given up now. It's autumn, so let's start with the big picture. Um, Omar, perhaps you can just help our listeners understand a, a bit about what's driving healthcare innovation, and therefore, you know, why is it a theme that we should be interested in?
1: Absolutely, Nicky. So the primary long-term driver for healthcare innovation is undu- undoubtedly the ageing demographic trend. So if we look at the world today, less than 1 in 11 people globally is over the age of 65 years. But that is going to increase from, to 1 in 6 or 1 in 5 by 2050. So this phenomenon is global as life expectancy across regions have converged. To illustrate, in 1990 there was a 20-year differential in life expectancy between India and the UK. And Indian life expectancies in those 30 years has risen from 58 years in 1990 to about 70 today. So that's adding over a decade to the average Indian citizen's lifespan. And that's halved the diver- differential with the UK. So that's the first aspect, that aging demographic trend. But the other thing is that as we age, we spend more on healthcare. So statistics show that a 70-year-old spends some three times more on health care than a 35-year-old. So what we have is a larger population of elderly individuals, each spending more on healthcare. And that is a very conducive backdrop from an investment perspective. But where that spending goes is changing. We've solved over the past 50 years for many or most infectious diseases, barring, of course, the tragedy that has been the global COVID-19 pandemic. But even that is now treatable and avoidable. But today, when we look at the healthcare space, innovation is really focused on addressing ailments linked to longevity.
0: So, I mean, clearly great news that we're seeing longevity, that we're seeing a um, levelling up, if you will, in um, expected lifespans between different geographic regions and, and an improving uh, an improving outlook. But as you say, um, it almost creates some some different problems to solve. Um, and I guess, Omar, just thinking a bit about um in the investment space, we've invested in healthcare for many years. That's been a key part of the sectors within um, the various global indices that that we might mm-hmm. um, seek to invest in or to beat. Um, but what's what's different about healthcare innovation versus the healthcare sector that many of us might know
1: quite well. Yeah, that's very interesting and key to really the whole whole um, thematic investing debate. So the traditional healthcare sector is oriented towards big pharma companies and big pharma are those well-recognized almost household names that you see in the headlines, that you see at the top of um, holdings lists in most healthcare portfolios or even country indices. Um, they are big pharma for a reason. They've accumulated over time huge pools of drugs and and revenues. But with that size comes a problem. It's hard to stay focused on innovation. Um, If you look at these big pharma companies from afar, often they start to lean towards process, capital efficiency, distribution, logistics, marketing, and innovation sometimes can take a back seat. Now, that said, big pharma still does spend a lot of money on research and development, but even when there is innovation, it sometimes doesn't get reflected in the stock price for investors because Big Pharma always has to replenish these large pools of of drugs, of revenues that are going off patent year over year. So we, we like to say that um, oftentimes Big Pharma finds itself running or innovating to, to stand still. So when we speak about healthcare innovation, we're orienting ourselves towards companies that are addressing pressing healthcare needs, but in a way that investors can also benefit from that progress that they that they achieve.
0: Thanks, Emma. That's that's really clear. And and turning to you, Alan. I mean, I know that that we have been thinking about this area, and and obviously you're talking to clients um, on a very frequent basis about it. Where where do we see the opportunities here?
2: Uh, yes, Nick, I think we've all been talking about healthcare over the last uh, 12 or 18 months. And I think the interesting point is when you start comparing healthcare to other sectors. So let's just take, for example, let's take a, a trip to the doctors and compare that to, let's say, to a trip to see the bank manager. And how has that changed over the last 30 years? Uh, now, when I started working for Barclays, if you wanted to talk about discussing a loan or financial services, you came into the bank Uh, But now you can access financial services in many different ways online, on the phone, by visit to the branch and compare this to a trip to the doctor and really how that's changed. Now, many times when you want to go to to the hospital or doctor, you still get a letter advising your appointment and you go in person. Now, I think we've all been very cautious about any changes in this sector, which is rightly so. But the, the interesting point, I think, for us and the innovation point is how the pandemic could change really how we think here.
0: So, if we think about the wider um, changes, Omar, how, how are you at, at BlackRock thinking about the healthcare innovation theme?
1: Yeah. So, as I mentioned earlier, there's a very attractive long term backdrop for, for the healthcare space. And of course, it's incredibly important for real life. So we've committed a lot of resources to to research in this space and our healthcare specialists across the globe really help bring this this theme to life. Now, the first step for us is to delve deeper. You know, what are the segments that are seeing the greatest innovation and and greatest demand growth? Because the two, demand and innovation, are intimately linked. Um, So for us, there are three key areas. The first is in the biotech space. So that is addressing new drugs and molecules, addressing needs in oncology, cancer treatments and in hematology, um, neurology to ensure that we're not just living longer lifespans but cognitively healthy ones, um, autoimmune disorders for instance. The second is on the medical device side. There's tremendous demand growth fueling innovation there. We're seeing considerable improvements in surgical devices and implants, um, huge growth in robotic assisted surgery, improvements in diagnostics from medical imaging to genetic sequencing and testing that's allowing us to see more clearly into the body and identify root causes at the you know at the genetic level. And the third area of focus is on the healthcare system as a whole, really coming back to what Alan was saying. There's a lot more specialization now in this industry, you know, from companies focused on software to manage patient data, uh, companies solely oriented on the production of drugs that others have researched, or companies focused on clinical testing, on efficiency in that very important phase. So this specialization across the healthcare as a system breeds innovation. So those are the three key areas of focus, I'd say biotech, medical devices, and healthcare services as a whole.
0: OK, and Alan, where else do we see um, opportunities in this sector?
2: Yes, Nicky, we've been talking about innovation for the, over the last few weeks in different areas, not just healthcare but technology and sustainability. And one of the themes we've been talking about is the big data theme. And I think that's really relevant to the health sector. I was listening to a talk the other day, and this was discussing about hospitals. And it was saying really in the future, they could become almost like big data centres. Because of the amount of information we're collecting and there was uh, some research done by one of the large tech companies looking at this and they funded a study this goes back a couple of years back 2018 and it was called scalable and accurate deep learning with electronic health records which sounds i know it just sounds a bit of mouthful a, bit of a little mouthful. bit dull it does sound a bit dull it does sound a bit dull but it's but it was actually very interesting and what it did it looked at anonymised health records obviously and it took over 200,000 of these health records to see how much data we're actually capturing on us all and the amount of data we were capturing 46 billion data points they found in this survey. So for each of us they found that the hospital was keeping about 250,000 data points on average. So one of the points about healthcare for us is the increase in computing power and the ability to process these billions of data points and going back to what Omar was saying about, it's not just big pharma that might be the the, the the companies that help us through this. It might actually be technology companies, rather than your traditional healthcare companies, which will facilitate or lead some of the healthcare change in the future.
0: That's a really interesting way of of looking at it. And I suppose with with the word innovation, um, I guess I guess it's 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 quite common to, to then think about, well, that's probably led more by smaller companies or newer companies. What what might that mean for investors? What what should they be both looking for, but also looking out for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We definitely when we're speaking about healthcare innovation, we are looking away from those bigger, big cap, uh, big pharma companies and focusing on smaller companies that have that innovative drive. So whenever we speak of innovation, Um, there is always an element of of greater risk, you know, and that's true for healthcare innovation versus the traditional healthcare sector, but also in the technology sphere. Sometimes companies will commit a lot of time, resources, into research that's promising, but just ultimately unsuccessful. That said, success innovation tends to be rewarded handsomely. So it's important to design a system that mitigates some of the risks. As much as possible and there's a few ways we go about that. Um, The first is that we tend to look at companies that already generate revenues and revenues specifically in these attractive segments. That's to say, you know, avoiding earlier stage companies that have no revenues or that have never brought a product to market and here coming to what Alan was saying about data, there's also been a tremendous advancement in the uh, availability of data to understand not just, you know, how much revenue Company is making, but specifically where that's coming from: is it from oncology? Is it neurology? Genetic sequencing? Sales of equipment? So that's one way to do it: is to mitigate, um, is to focus on companies that have that experience, that have an, a, a degree of experience in that space. The second way is the most obvious: diversification. That's, you know, that's one of the only free lunches. It's often said: the if the overall trend is towards innovation in healthcare and we don't want investment returns to be derailed by a single company having specific issues. We want to capture that broad opportunity set in a diversified way. And lastly, beyond diversification, it's important to get balance. So one way to do that is, for instance, having in a single portfolio, on the one hand, both those those more volatile biotech names, which can move sharply in terms of stock price on clinical trial data, But on the other hand, next next to that have uh, these medical device and services companies who have more recurring revenues and whose stock prices are thus less less volatile.
0: So Omar, you mentioned there it's really important to, if you're going to get exposure, that you get exposure to a diverse range of, of companies doing different things. And I think it would be really interesting if you were able to bring this to life maybe with some examples of course I must just say to be clear to our listeners these are not individual company recommendations in in any way um but but just to bring um the kinds of things that some of these companies are doing to life um with some particular examples would be would be fantastic
1: Yeah absolutely so so just to be to be sure that these aren't recommendations, maybe I won't mention the names of the, the companies. Um, but one that comes to mind is a, a US biotech firm that's been developing cancer treatments for multiple decades, but today is a leader in the very interesting field of antibody antibody drug conjugates. So those are known known as ADCs. So ADC is targeted therapy for cancer that binds a cell-killing agent, a a cytotoxin, to a highly selective antibody, an antibody that will only be present or expressed on specific tumors or cells. So that allows for the delivery of that cancer-killing medicine directly to cancerous cells without impacting healthy cells. So previously, you had antibodies that were not sufficiently toxic for the cancerous cells, and on the other hand, you had treatments that were sometimes too toxic or too, too, too good impacting non-cancerous cells. So today with these ADCs, we're able to bind the two together to get highly effective, highly targeted therapies. Um, and maybe to illustrate a bit more about that, you know, as you can imagine, ADCs did not develop in a vacuum. Other, It's really building upon other healthcare innovations. So um, for one, genetic sequencing on the diagnostic side has been key. Here I'm thinking of a, a specific US firm that's a leader in this space. So we used to think of cancers in terms of broad categories uh, based on the location of the tumors, but now with genome sequencing, we have very detailed characterization that help us really appreciate that every cancer is a rare cancer, you know, sometimes needing to be described by combinations of 20 plus genetic mutations. So innovations that this company has made to allow for faster, more precise, and sometimes pre-symptomatic diagnosis have been key in the oncology space. Um, a, and a final example, maybe in sticking with this, um, with this new development with these antibody drug conjugates, it's and really illustrate the interlinkages and in innovation. Um, creating these complicated, targeted therapies has many technical and manufacturing challenges. And here we can think of a Swiss contract manufacturing organization. So it's a leader in the manufacturing of these drugs. Um, It's pioneered technology and testing in ADC manufacturing that helps to find the right balance in terms of reactive sites, molecular stability, side reactions. So these are just some examples of how innovations across diagnostics, biotech, and healthcare services Work and how companies come together to bring positive outcomes for for patients in the real world, and that have generated attractive investment returns for investors.
0: Wow, those are really fascinating examples, and and I think just helps bring to life that you know perhaps um, big pharma in the past we would think of it as you know developing drugs, um, uh, immunizations, etc., um, and and you know attacking one particular issue at a time, what you've described is very much a, a sort of almost an ecosystem of innovation, at every aspect of R&D, of, of testing, of of, um, of creation and, and production. So um, really, really interesting. And Alan, when, when you're talking to clients about these themes, what else are they interested in?
2: Uh, yes, when you listen to Omar, these are just incredibly complex uh, things. And so for those people, you're trying to relay this to your daily life and thinking about how this affects you. And um, one of the points on, in the innovation theme we've been talking about as well is the in- Internet of Things or devices. And there's many medical devices appearing which you can link to an app and they can monitor certain aspects of your health. And you've probably got one on your wrist now, Nikki. Uh, which is your smartwatch? watch. I think mine's telling me to move in a minute because I've <laughs> sat here too long But it's really interesting to see how these have developed. They started as a sort of a, a watch But it's really now it's really it's turned into a health coach Where they're telling you to do things and this is going back to the point about data Think about the amount of data that your watch is generating and then it's how what can we do with this? So there's loads of really interesting researches about different patterns in your health, your heart rate, your sleep. Sleep's really important. And that can provide early signals. And then we go back to the, the earlier discussion point when we talk about Nikki, where you talk about the visiting of the doctor. So if you can align some of those signals almost on your watch or on a medical device, this, this can automatically give you an appointment at the doctor. The doctor pops up on your phone and tablet to discuss these things even before you know there's something wrong so this is what we're thinking about about the changing of the doctor the healthcare, the ai and what we've done and uh, nikki this week we put out a note we put out a note this week and it's uh, the title of the do- note is the doctor will see you and your data now and we think there's some exciting innovations to come in this field and it and it could be it could be interesting for investors
0: yeah, and that old adage of, of prevention being better than cure, um, you know, possibly possibly now the, the technology is going to really support that. And so, Omar, um, perhaps we can finish with with any other thoughts from, from you, um, including perhaps a bit of an outlook on the sector and, and what might drive it.
1: Sure. So, so I guess, you know, I mean, in terms of outlook, we have to look at maybe the more cyclical, shorter term um, nature of the theme, Here, maybe a couple of things uh, come to mind. There is, well, over the last year, well, it's been a very special time. Um, During this pandemic, we estimate that about 600,000 elective surgeries, so non-critical surgeries, were postponed. So there's a significant backlog of demand in terms of surgeries to work through. And that could benefit in particular, I guess, within this healthcare innovation thematic, the surgical or medical device manufacturers. So one of those three key pillars we, we discussed earlier. Um, on the biotech side, it's interesting that M&A historically, mergers and acquisitions, have been a driver of performance. Specifically, big pharma names swooping in to acquire these more innovative, smaller tech bio, uh, biotech uh, firms, which have attractive drug pipelines. So acquiring these, this, that innovation It so happens that acquisitions have ground to a halt over 2021, and a pickup here could be a positive signal. That said, I think it's important to not get bogged down by by the shorter-term considerations when investing thematically, like in healthcare innovation. The idea of thematic investing is to align yourself with where the world is heading, and that long-term structural angle remains the most important consideration in our mind. That is the strong tailwinds linked to the mega trends that are, you know, technological breakthrough as applied to the healthcare space amidst this globally aging demographic trend.
0: That's really clear. So, you know, what, what I'm hearing, Omar, is that these trends are, are around the here and now, but very much it's a future, uh, the outlook, and, and therefore, um, perhaps for, for any listeners that are interested in getting involved there to be very cognizant that that this ought to be something that they think about for a longer term investment strategy as opposed to um, a short term trade um, which of course we would we would not recommend anyway Um, but with that Omar thanks so much for joining us Alan thank you for your time as well as ever and thank you to our listeners and and our subscribers and we look forward to speaking with you again next week All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.